Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi guys, it's Beth here. I've got a little update for you. Last year, we spoke with Aussie mum of three, Pepita Nichols. When she asked her husband of 18 years, Robert Ridgway, for a divorce, he hatched a dark plan to get revenge, murder. Ridgway pumped nitrogen gas into the caravan where she was sound asleep, but thankfully Pepita woke to the hissing, gurgling sound. Found guilty of attempted murder, Ridgway was sentenced to 10 years jail. But he appealed his conviction and sentence. This week, he lost that appeal. So, in honour of brave Pepita, we're sharing her incredible story of survival again. And afterwards, we have Robert Ridgway's full police interview. It is shocking. Here's Pepita's story. This episode deals with serious and distressing content. Listener discretion is advised. You know, I was sound asleep in my bed and I could hear a gnawing sound, a gurgling and a gnawing sound. It seemed to be right under my pillow. Robert Wayne Ridgway bought a nitrogen cylinder and hose which he used to pump gas into a caravan where Pepita Ridgway was sleeping. If you cranked it right up, you'd make an awful roar. <laughs> He's trying to kill me. If I wanted to bump somebody else, they would have been bumped off. I have to survive this. This is How I Survived. Stories of everyday people and how they survived against the odds. I'm your host, Beth Young. You know, am I going to die or what? I mean, I, I look back at it now and I thought, you know, how did I ever survive that? I think that I probably survived for a reason. How I Survived. When Pepita Nichols was 30 years old, she was looking for love. Having recently come out of a five-year relationship, the intelligent, beautiful and independent Pepita was looking for a man who was ready to settle down and have a family. Living in Queensland, Australia, one weekend her friends invited her on a boat trip and there was a single guy there who caught her eye, Robert Ridgway, a handsome American bachelor, 14 years her senior. On that sunny day in 1997, Pepita had no way of knowing that she'd not only just met her future husband, but also the man who was going to callously try and gas her to death while she slept. He was sitting alone, so I kind of went and talked to him. So it was nice to have intelligent conversation um, with Robert. He was was smart. He was being charming. There was really nothing alarming that made him seem that different to anybody else to me. We got married only three months after we met, which seemed very rushed, but um, we thought it was all natural at the time. I started to notice he had a short fuse quite early in the marriage. We'd been to a party. uh, This was only about three months in. And I was dancing with a man who I actually thought was gay, but Robert didn't like that. And on the way home in the car, he actually he actually hit me um, quite hard. My face was quite bruised and my lip was split. And he had me by the neck there. 
and he was driving the car and we'd been drinking and I was getting really scared because he was driving really fast and um, I wanted to get out of the car. I said, I can walk home to mum's, just let me out. I want to get out. Um, basically, he pulled over and pushed me out of the car and I walked about two kilometres home to my parents' house. Pepita forgave Robert. It seemed so out of character for the quiet, unassuming man she'd married. And for more than a decade, he didn't lay a finger on her. Building a life together, Robert and Pepita travelled the world, had three beautiful children and moved from Australia to the USA where Pepita ran a successful business and Robert worked as a scientist. Life was good. But Robert always had a selfish side and could be controlling and manipulative. Then, in 2011, while they were in Las Vegas, he turned aggressive once again. We were up in a hotel room, which was up, you know, one of the higher floors. It was early in the morning, about seven in the morning, and he went down to get breakfast. And he came up with, you know, food and drinks for himself and the three children, but nothing for me, which was kind of normal in that relationship and I said to him you know you could have just brought me a cup of tea and he it just triggered something in him and he just went berserk Um, and he was very abusive and when I say he was abusive I say he used every swear word he's very demeaning he's you know towards me he would say I could have done better you know you shouldn't have married you in the first place you're a terrible wife you know those sorts of things and I said to him look if you're going to treat me like this I don't want to be married to you. You know, I want I want to get a divorce. I don't want to be with a person like this. And that even that sent him off even worse. And he said, you're not going to divorce me. If, if you divorce me, I'll kill you. I was really angry at him. And I didn't really want to have anything more to do with him at that stage. I didn't really speak to him for, I don't know, it would have been close to a week. Basically, the only thing that made me sort of go back to normal was that he was polite to me. There was no apology or remorse or anything. He was very righteous about what he did and what he said. But I always took those acts of kindness and being polite as his apology and I just accepted and and moved on. Although Pepita stayed with Robert, the terrifying incident in the hotel room got her thinking about moving home to Australia where she'd have family support. So in 2013, she and the kids flew back to Oz, followed by Robert three months later. But as they settled back into Queensland life, Robert's behaviour became more bizarre. He began to talk intensely about conspiracy theories and even started doomsday prepping. Then, one afternoon, Robert and Pepita got into a row and his behaviour escalated. Grabbing her by the neck, he pushed her against the wall. Scared for her life, Pepita moved out of the family home and into a little vintage caravan that was parked up next to the house. On July 4, 2016, she went to speak to a lawyer about getting a divorce. I came home from the um, divorce lawyer. I got home about midday. I saw Robert out the back and he was behind the caravan when I got back and he was playing with hoses. Robert's a scientist and he has inventions sort of all over the property and, you know, all sorts of little microwave bits everywhere and empty microwaves that have had the magnets pulled out out the back. So he's always um, tinkering (laughs) things. So when I saw him out the back playing with a hose, I'm like, what are you doing? And he just mumbled at me, which he does. So I had nothing to be alarmed about that day um, except for those, you know, in hindsight, I know what he was doing now. I cooked dinner that night. I cooked a really nice uh, green curry 
for the family. Um, we all sat around um, living room and uh, we talked a little bit, although he was a bit sullen, a bit dark, darker than, you know, normal days, but still there, present, you know, eating with us and stuff. And again, in hindsight, I think, how could he sit there and have a pleasant sort of conversation knowing what he was going to do that night? I went to the car around about 9, 9.30 p.m., at about two o'clock that morning, uh, you know, I was sound asleep in my bed and I could hear a gnawing sound, a gurgling and a gnawing sound. So I thought it might have been rats chewing on the wire under the caravan. But then I thought, surely they must take a break if they're rats. They don't just chew continuously for several minutes. So then I thought it might have been the pump, um, which is about three metres away from the caravan, the water pump, um, running and having playing up. Um, but then I listened and it didn't seem to be coming from three metres away. It seemed to be right under my pillow. And so I thought, well, the only thing that's under my pillow is the hose that goes to the caravan that feeds the water to the caravan sink. So I actually got up. I was nervous. And I opened the door to the caravan, went outside, went outside and climbed under the sink area. And the hose had not, was not attached. It was just laying on the ground to the sink area that's around the front of the caravan. So then I thought, well, that's not that, can't be that sound. So I actually went back into the caravan and could still hear the gurgling quietly from below my bed. I lift up the whole unit, which is like a storage bench, and I looked underneath and that's when I saw hose, green hose, garden hose, taped with duct tape around underneath my um, bed area. And I also saw a hose just coming up from the floor. And then I could hear the gurgling coming directly from that hose. So I was, at that point, pretty scared and really um, thinking about explosions and things like that, about being blown up. I should have really thought, oh, I've got to tuck this up and put it away, you know, but you just don't think when you're starting to get that nervous and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, you've just woken up. So I um, went out the back of the caravan. I saw where the hose was attached underneath the caravan and I followed the hose with the light for my phone. And I followed that light and the hose continued all the way down to the carport, which is about 20 metres away from the house. And I noticed that there was a little set of steps that had been built down to the bottom of the carport and down those steps. In the corner of the carport was a big gas cylinder and the hose was attached to that gas cylinder. I turned it off and the hose stopped. And that's when, it was the middle of winter, it would have been maybe 10 degrees. And I only had bare feet, but I just was so full of adrenaline that I actually just ran I decided to just run very very quietly barefoot down to my brother's house which is about 100 meters away from my house. Pepita knew Robert was behind this his science experiments had turned sinister with her three children and elderly mother still in the house with Robert Pepita knew she had to get them out but she also knew that he had a gun so she'd have to do it without alerting Robert. Running to the nearby house of her brother Sasha and sister-in-law Tanya she hoped she'd be able to wake them up without her husband hearing. I was full of adrenaline and it was almost like a craziness just fear, realisation, adrenaline, just almost not just going into survival mode, just I have to survive this, I have to get my children out safely, I have to get my mother out safely, you know, like he's trying to kill me, what is he doing, what's his goal there with the gas pumping into the caravan, you know, what sort of gas is that? Yeah, I ran down to my brother's, I banged on the window of my brother's house 
he opened the door and he was just woken up too, so he was a bit dumbfounded with his wife, Tanya. And then they sort of said, well, calm down, calm down, what's going on? And I explained it to them, but I was panting. And I say, my husband's trying to kill me, my husband's trying to kill me, or Robert's trying to kill me. And they're like, oh, don't be ridiculous, you must be having a nightmare. And um, I said, no, it's no nightmare. <laughs> and I started to dial 911, which in Australia we had triple O, but because I lived in America for 11 years, I dialed 911. And so when the, they answered, they were also a little bit confused about whether I was on drugs, whether I was insane. So they didn't really respond very well. 
Until the trial, Pepita had been left wondering what was in the gas cylinder and why her husband had pumped it into her caravan. Likely, it was pure greed. The Ridgeways had been married for 18 years and had several investments in Queensland and overseas. The prosecution will allege a divorce would have been complicated, but Pepita's death would have meant a swift conclusion for Robert. I pieced together a lot of what happened and also I did a bit of research about what um, inert gas asphyxiation is because I had no idea at that stage that if you're breathing um, air, we're breathing 22% um, oxygen and about 70% nitrogen. But if you reduce that 22% oxygen by only a couple of percent, you can just be put to sleep and die. So what he was trying to do was to raise the nitrogen level into the caravan um, and then I would suffocate from not getting enough oxygen and just go to sleep and die. The nitrogen gas is just harmless. It's just, it's, it's, that's why it's useful. You know, it's, it's clean, it's dry, it's harmless, it's uh, safe to work with. Um, and, you know, and I've worked around it for 30 years. I know for a fact it's not going to do anything. It's, it's nothing. It's just a nothing. When the trial came, um, there's nothing to prepare a victim for things like that. It is a horrible experience for any victim who has to go through that because, yes, you know, the perpetrator's in the room with you. This was a Supreme Court trial, a big room. You're on your own. It's cold. You're not prepared. You don't know what you're going to be hit with. And the whole aim of the defence team is to discredit the victim, to make it look like the victim caused it or was partly responsible for it or was not a creditable person, that the perpetrator is a better person than they are. It was harrowing, and my interviewing went for two days. So that was a very, very hard time. But the evidence was stacked against Robert. Detectives discovered receipts for black duct tape and cable ties used to secure the hosing. His fingerprints were on the sticky side of the tape, and Robert was caught on camera purchasing a cylinder of nitrogen. He exchanged it for a bigger size on the day, claiming he needed it to get a job done. Then there were the chilling Google searches he made. Self-generated stress in female spouses. Liquid nitrogen sourcing in Queensland. Stroke in female spouse causes. After a gruelling three-week trial, it took a jury just an hour to find Robert Ridgway guilty of attempted murder and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Pepita decided not to be in the room when the verdict was read out and as Robert never admitted to trying to kill her, she never got an answer as to why he wanted his wife and the mother of his three children dead. Robert never admitted that he wanted me dead, no. He, he did. He created a series of other stories. But he did say in the police interview that he said, um, if I did this, I would have been a lot smarter about it. I would have got this right. And... I read that as him thinking in his head that if he gets another chance, he'll get it right. And that's a scary thing to me. I think the police realised that too. When Robert was found guilty, of course, it was a huge sense of relief. Um, But all the pessimism that I had beforehand just lifted and I promised myself that I would have full faith in the system from now on because that system really did work in my instance. And I felt very positive about humanity. Two and a half years on from that terrible night, Pepita is doing well. She and the kids have picked themselves up and are trying to live life as normally as possible. Incredibly, she doesn't hate Robert for what he did. I think he needs care. I think he needs counselling. 
Um, I didn't know what a narcissist was before all this happened and I'm learning that he has very narcissistic characteristics that I think he needs some help. That's what I think. I was I was satisfied with the 10-year sentence because I was never hurt in any way. And I've seen women who've been through trial who've been through a lot more physical pain and even mental pain than I've been through. Um, so I, I believe the 10 years in Australia is an adequate, adequate sentence. It's horrible for the to raise the children with them knowing what happened to me by their father. That's a very sad situation. The children are doing well, though. They went to counselling. We use humour to try and get ourselves through some of these situations. Um, so we have a bit of a giggle about some of the, the worst things that have happened to us. With hindsight, um, I think that if a man is yelling abuse at you in the height of his anger, that you shouldn't fob off those sorts of accusations and that sort of abuse. You need to listen to what he's saying. If he's using death threats or threats of violence, then they are, they're real. And you can't live with a man that's saying those things to you. It's very dysfunctional. You need to get out of that relationship and you need to either get cancelling or just leave and start again somewhere else. It's not the end of the world starting over again. I thought it would be, um, but I've got back on my feet and I'm happy now. If you're experiencing domestic abuse, there is help available. Call 1800 737 732 if you're in Australia or 0800 456 450 in New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss more incredible stories of survival. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really helps. Next time. Dr. Michael Wong is a Melbourne surgeon who was stabbed 14 times by a former patient. He remembers every second. His knife was coming down towards my left eye. If I pass out, I'm sure the outcome will be certain death. How I Survived. Um, in relation to um, how we've come to be here today, I just want to go through a few formalities. Um, so do you agree that at about 4am this morning, um, police attended your address at 15 Marnie Crescent? I don't actually know what the time was. Um, in the early hours of this morning? Yes, probably. Yeah. I'd say it was morning. Yeah. Uh, police attended your uh, address in relation to a complaint made to police of the nature of the, the gas into the caravan. Uh, on your property, um, and police attended there and they've located yourself um, and basically had a conversation with you and you were placed in the rear of the police car, is that the case? Um, yes, but I haven't been told very much um, and I have the disadvantage of not seeing what they're talking about. Yep. The only thing I did get the advantage of seeing was they said there was a hose going there and I didn't see any hose going there yep. and they said there was... Uh, gas coming from maybe from the stove but how it's already hardwired I, I don't get that okay. and the other thing is then they said that there's gas that could have been that other bottle and I'm thinking no it really couldn't because that's harmless yeah. you know and only that's just too small of an amount we'll get to that to be in a, a second so yeah and I, they're, they're, they're saying there's a crime scene but I'm thinking what's the crime yeah. I don't get it well look <laughs> that's it. In relation to the police going there, they've located or seen or observed a number of items of interest to police and as a result of um, those items being located, a crime scene has been declared. 
okay, um, of the of the property at 15 Marnie Crescent. Now, <coughs> as I said before, you were placed in the rear of the police vehicle. Do you, do you agree with that? Oh yeah. Yep. Um, at any stage, have you been placed under arrest? No. No. Okay. You know, do you know what I mean by being under arrest? Uh, you mean uh, detained in yeah, prison? Exactly. Yeah. No, and and you explained that you didn't. Yep. And I pretty much said I, I'm not surprised. Okay. <laughs> and then um, you were there for quite a while, uh, period of time, and, and obviously detectives, being myself and Kerry, attended the address, and we've made some investigations and quarries over there. And then as a result of that. I can't see you and I put you in our police vehicle and we've driven to Noosa Heads. Is that all happened this morning? Yes, yep. very okay. very In relation to um, you being under arrest, not being under arrest, sorry, do you understand that um, you're free to get up and walk out of this room unless you are arrested? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I, <laughs> I can't do that. Yep. I, I really would like to be heard. Yep. You know? yep. And one last question I want to ask you, have I or any other police officer made any threat, any promise or inducement toward you to take part in this interview? No, but one of the guys was saying the hose was connected to the, and I'm saying to him, I don't think so. Uh, I didn't see it. And when you got here, did you? When you we didn't see that. So why are you saying that? And then he was saying, what was he saying? Nitrous oxide. And I said, hell no, that's deadly. You know, I don't have nitrous oxide. That's not. You know, and I'm thinking, where did you get that from? And I'm thinking, aha, uh -huh, somebody has told him this. If you go read the bottle, it says nitrogen. Well, I'm reading that right now. You know, 75% of the air. That's what I want to speak to you today. Yeah. Yeah. So, in relation to the the hose and then what and what's happened mm -hmm. um, and the gas and whatnot, yeah. tell me about your your knowledge or involvement in relation to that matter. It's completely harmless. I've been using it all my life. Um, we're at the radio observatory where we work, we, we seal all of our microwave circuitry in that so that there's no corrosion or anything, and it cools it as well. It's a good thermal conductor. Um, it's really harmless, and there's no crime. You know, <laughs> how can something harmless be a threat to anyone? It isn't. You know, it's just it's just somebody saying that it is, and that's what I see. And not only that, but how can a quantity like that be harmful to anybody You're in a trip in a trailer? Well, that thing's too big to be harmful. I've worked in smaller offices than that, with you know, worse than that. I just know it's it's never going to do anything. So, so what, are actually referring, what are you actually referring to? The nitrogen gas is just yeah. harmless. It's just it's it's that's why it's useful. You know, it's it's clean, it's dry, it's harmless, it's uh, safe to work with. Um, what could happen if you blow it in someplace? Well, it would cool it down, I guess. <laughs> I guess about it. You know, I don't see it. I can't see what they're saying. You know, I I, I can't see what the fuss is. I really can't. <laughs> but uh, what I'm trying to figure out is. Um, who does say that? And who, who is amateurish enough to think that? You know, who is that? Uh, because I know it isn't. <laughs> and ask any scientist and they'll tell you, what, you know, <laughs> we work that every day. <laughs> so, right. it, it, so you're talking about a gas bottle. Tell me about that gas bottle. Where is that on your property? Um, it's in the back of the parking lot because it's too heavy to move. Mm -hmm. Except that I really have to do work out. If I have to, I will, but I don't want to. Okay. Um, if I need to do a refill, it's there. What do you use it? What do you use it for? I use it for cooling and uh, cleaning, blowing off things. Don't uh, worry about that. Well, you blow off. It's completely humidity-free and dust-free. And if you blow something off with it, say an optical lens or something, uh, or a microwave lens, 
you know that it's clean. Okay. You know, it's it's got nothing else. There's no moisture in the air and so on. So it's the only way I can do that. I, I really have to do that. The other thing it does is cool. Um, it's handy when I cool things. Um, I just crank it on. I mean, I don't have any great fittings just yet, but I'm working on that. I can't afford them all at once. But eventually they'll be in containers and they'll be uh, near fan, fan uh, divergences for cooling the things I'm working on. Mm -hmm. But um, that's pretty much what it is. Okay. Whose is it? Uh, it belongs to BOC. I rented it from them. From and I've been doing this for a while. I've been renting these things for a while. I can't see the um, the, the, the strangeness of it. I, I don't understand why that's a, that's nothing strange about that. I do this sort of thing all the time. So you you rent that gas cylinder from BOC? Yeah. And the other thing I try to get is liquid nitrogen because it's also once again it's safe. I can use it in the house and. Uh, I can cool things with it, and um, but that's it. I mean, so tell me about the agreement with the, the renting from the BIC for the gas cylinder. Uh, well, you go there, you rent it, and when you run out, they fill it up. <laughs> tell me about your agreement with them. Uh, well, I paid them, and um, basically, I I I always pay in advance. I don't like to have bills, so I pay them, and um, when I run out, I go and get some more. Yeah. So how long have you been doing this for? Uh, I recently got a refill, I can't remember when, but uh, I think it's been a couple of weeks now since I started the the, the, uh, the prototype phase of my work. Okay, so you recently refilled the gas. Yeah. How long ago? Uh, I think it might have been two days ago, maybe. Two days ago? I'm not sure of that. Yeah. And what did you get the gas cylinder refilled with? Nitrogen. Yeah, not that they have to put that on the bottle. They can't do anything else. It's against the law. Yep. It differently, and yep. I've got no facilities for doing anything like that. Yep. So there's no way I could have done anything like that. Okay. And what what BSC outlet did you go to? Marichidor. Marichidor. Yep. Yep. And how much did that cost you? Yeah. It do? costs about ninety dollars to fill. So I can't afford to waste it. It's not cheap. Did you pay cash or card? I I pay cash. Yeah. That particular time. Okay. And. Just prior to this, prior to the last two days, how many times have you been to fill that up, roughly? Well, I'm not really sure, but I think maybe three or four. And on each of those occasions, have you filled it with the same? Absolutely. Same yep. so always with nitrogen? Yep. Well, I don't have the regulator for anything else. Okay. I mean, you can't use the regulator on anything else. It won't work. Okay. So it's strictly for nitrogen. Is there anything attached to the gas bottle? Uh, well, I cover it with a protective covering so it doesn't get bumped. Okay. Uh, just cloth. Yep. Just a cloth. Well, old shirt. Yep. <laughs> just there was some blue hose attached to the, the gas cylinder. Tell me about that. Oh, you have to have that for um, um, going onto their connector. And I, uh, okay. I uh, couldn't couldn't get it right the first time, so I had to chop a few pieces and I you know, okay. got down to where I got it right. Okay. That's what I've done. That's why it's that way. Yeah. I haven't got the other connector yet, but I'm waiting for a little more income first. Okay. Right. So whilst I was on the property and your property today, um, I had a look at a caravan next to the house. Yeah. Who owns a caravan? My wife and I. Both of you? Well, as far as I know. Okay. <laughs> We're married. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. And in relation to um, the caravan, inside the caravan, I seen some garden hose with some blue hose and some gaffer tape coming up underneath the caravan. 
what can you tell me about that? Well, the blue hose is from the water supply, I believe. And the garden hose, uh, I think, comes as one of the outlets. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I've only just blown out the, the plumbing once, and that's really all I know about it. Um, you know, last week some air, and that's it. That's all I know. You know. I do know the black hose goes under there, <coughs> and it doesn't stay very well. So which hose, sorry? There's a black hose for okay. an outlet, okay. and it doesn't stay in place very well, but those are the ones that, that uh, I know about. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot I don't know because it's really it's her, her hobby, it's not mine. Okay. Um, but, like, I don't know where the 12-volt battery is supposed to go yet. I can't figure it out. <laughs> so, so, honestly, I really haven't spent that much time there. Okay. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've tried to help her out in some ways. Like, I, I spend time putting things in there for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, like the electric blanket and um, clean a few things while she's away or whatever. And just trying to make her feel like, you know, I care about her hobby. But quite honestly, the last place we went camping was awful. <laughs> so in relation to the hose, there's a hose going, um, which led from the gas bottle, the back of the property, directly towards the caravan, the side of the house. And the hose goes up underneath the caravan and it's, it's attached there with some black tape. Do you have any knowledge of that? I didn't see any hose attached, and I don't think there was. Yeah. I, I really don't know that I believe that. I mean, who said that? So what, what basically, Robert, we've got there, um, it's as if someone's drilled up through the floor of the, the caravan mm -hmm. um, and inserted the, like a guard deck, green garden hose, mm -hmm. up into the caravan itself, into okay. under the, sort of the seat well. Okay. Um, then that hose, as that garden hose has led down to that uh, nitrogen gas cylinder. So what the allegation is, is that someone is, as if, say you're trying to gas someone, you've obviously explained that there was a nitrogen <coughs> gas cylinder in her, but that's what it was fabricated to look like. Yeah. As if to a bottle, that. you turn the bottle on and gas into the caravan. Yeah, I, I didn't see that, and I, I haven't seen it, and I have the disadvantage of not having seen it, so yeah. I really can't say anything about it. Well, I would like to go back there and see what you mean. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I, but I, um, I didn't see the connection you're talking about, and even if I did, which I didn't, uh, I would just say why. You know, who's wasting my expensive gas? Because <laughs> it's not going to do a damn bit of good. It isn't going to do anything. And, and uh, that just doesn't seem right. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. It's just. But who would do that? Only an amateur. Only yeah, that's what we're trying to know what's going on. So this is this is what we're speaking to you to find out. Because when we got that, that's what it was purported to look like. Yeah. Someone's trying to gas. Maybe that's the intention to have it look like. You know. Mm -hmm. But uh, well, I didn't do that, and, and I don't intend to do that. When was the last time you were in the caravan? <coughs> well, I probably cleaned it um, two days ago. Yep. Yeah. But she would have been in there since then. You know. Yep. She would have heard or smelled or whatever since then. You know. So. In relation to the um, the hose, do you have anything to do with the hoses, the garden hose? We all do. Um, with, she uses them for her horses. I use them for the plants. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently, we both did. On all of them, they're all things that we both yeah. use and touch. You know. When, when was the last time you would have used the green garden hose? 
Uh, you're talking about the green garden hose that was laying in the yard? Yes, correct. The one that's so the, no, the one that has no connection. Well, that was yeah. that night. I, I, we couldn't get a good connection going from the laundry tap, which I showed you. I couldn't get. It wouldn't click. So I thought these things are useless, and I went ahead to start changing it and uh, uh, cut it, and then uh, discarded the crappy old ones because hose expensive and then uh, screwed on one of them, or didn't, I can't remember, or was going to, and then it was time for dinner, and uh, I'd had enough of the day, so I just didn't go back. Mm -hmm. I, and I left things right where they were. I'd watered the cactus, and I was having trouble with the very thing leaking off the side there, uh, where the caravan is a place to plug in. That one was doing the same thing. So I just thought, I can't get anywhere like this, hell with it. You know, I'll just change it, and then it was time for dinner. So I never got back to it. And that's why it's there. It's there because I left it there. <laughs> it's simple as that. I don't know what anybody's talking about when they say something's connected up. And I don't believe it. So do have any attachments on that house once you finish with it? No, there's no way to attach to it. It's, it's um, well, you have, you could, actually, yes, there is. It's in the shed. You could screw on one of those uh, clip-type attachments. Yes. But I haven't. So the last time you backed it is just a piece of green garden hose. Well, I, I'm not sure of that. I think I didn't attach. I must not have because I showed you the connectors are, but there might be two, or maybe I'm looking for another one. I can't remember if I need to buy one. Or I, I, I just remember being, being disgusted and tired, and I gave up. So when, what time was this? <coughs> yesterday was it? You said? Oh, 5:30 or so. Yeah, maybe six. Then we all had dinner. Uh, that's it. Okay. You know, we didn't we didn't own this caravan originally, so we're not the first people. So I don't know what else is done or isn't done. And I really don't even know that much about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I've camped in it a couple, once, once, slept in it once or twice, and that's really it. So, yeah. so just, you know, um, where the where the went up to, there was some black tape, some black gaffer tape, I'll describe it to be, uh, just lodging the hose um, inside the caravan. Do you own any black tape? We have black tape. Yeah, tell me about that. Well, we, we have black tape. We usually keep it in the shed. Yep. <coughs> or if I'm working inside my office up in the lab up there, I'll, uh, I'll use it. Mm -hmm. Now, I used it to uh, recently um, repair the phone line, which was uh, my brother-in-law dug up uh, after I tried to burn the vegetation on the bridge. He uh, accidentally I think he dug it up. I, I burnt it first, I repaired it once, and then he dug it up and I, I had to go back and fix it again. So mm -hmm. there's been tape, but that tape is, is what I used, you know, to, to fix it. But it's inside the white pipe, it's, um, it's what I used, and it's what both of us would be using if we were going to use anything there. So, okay. so in relation to you um, having any involvement, saying you weren't involved in, in the the hose and it being connected to anything in, in relation to an allegation that the, the hose was connected to the gas and going to the caravan? No, that wouldn't make any sense at all to me. Okay. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it just doesn't sound right. Yeah. It just sounds wrong. What I'm doing um, is why. You know, why would it? <laughs> well, I wouldn't. <laughs> what's, what's your take on it? Rob, that's obviously why we're all here. I'm not that stupid. You know, I'm smarter than that. If, if I wanted to bump somebody off, they would have been bumped off. <laughs> the fact that they're here is the proof that I didn't. <laughs> because, I mean, if, if I was going to do what you're saying, I wouldn't do it the stupid way. I would be smart about it. You know, for God's sake, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> mm. So really, 
but somebody thinks I am. <laughs> so, so if that, your knowledge, if that entire contents of that nitrogen cylinder was emptied into that the space of the caravan, yeah. would that have any detrimental effect? I'll go and sit there, and you can turn one on if you want. I'm that convinced that, you know, and I've worked around it for 30 years. I know for a fact it's not going to do anything. It's, it's nothing. It's just a nothing. Please, uh, allow me to do that if that's what it is. Yeah, I'll let that be necessary. I'll just yeah. uh, I'm, I'm a volunteer to do it. I, and I'm saying I would do that because I know for a fact it's not going to hurt anybody. You know. Rob, tell me about your movements yesterday from lunchtime. Oh, I went out to shop for some welding stuff and saw that it was too expensive. And Oh, I think that's when I got a refill. I should. Yeah, I think that's right. But I went to go look for... Um, the uh, stick welder and couldn't afford it, decided to borrow my brother-in-law's stick welder and I repaired her uh, horse trailer, thinking I could get on her good side. <sighs> I already re-welded it, didn't seem to help. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and um, what else? Uh, I got some lunch somewhere, oh, I got some fuel, yeah, got some fuel, that's it. I pretty much came back and drove my son to uh, his long mowing job. Uh, did I go to town? I think I might have gone to Noosa. Just trying to remember. I might have gone to Noosa to, or else the tip shop. One or the other. I'm sorry I don't remember, but there was a lot going on there. And I had to pick up my son at 2.30 after he finished. And I was rushing in a, in a hurry. So. So at last time you said you went to get some welding stuff with the shop. So uh, when you say lunchtime, what time are you referring to roughly? I don't really know. I didn't, didn't really keep track of the time. I just, uh, I mean, I usually start working at, at six, so I don't finish until five or six. When I say work, I mean uh, planting and digging and um, electronics and not paid work. So. So that last time you, you went to the shops, so you're saying? I, I think it could have been. Yep. I think it could have been because uh, I remember getting my, my son to his job on time, which was 12, yep. so it must have been around there. Yeah, yep. okay, so, so you said that you went to get some welding stuff. What shop did you go to? I was at BOC. They're good. BOC? Yep. And you just mentioned there before you might have refilled it then, so you said it. Tell me about that. Well, uh, not sure how many times I did because I just. I don't see any reason to keep track of it. I didn't yep. think there was a reason to keep track of it. Um, just whenever I run out. Okay. You know, so when, when you say refill it, are you referring to the gas cylinder that you had? Yeah. Back? Oh, yeah. You just take it in and then yep. refill it for 60 or 90, depending on how much you get. Okay. Um, it's not cheap. You said you got fuel. Was that why you were out? Or did uh, you come home? What did you do after that? Well, I, I wanted to go look at welding because I'm building a house up yep. north, uh, steel, yep. and uh, I can barely remember welding from high school. Um, so I knew I was going to have to buy one, and I just figured it would be as cheap as it is overseas, but it's not. <laughs> it's not cheap at all. Um, and I just thought, um, well, it's no good, forget it for now. I have to wait. And uh, so I got fuel. Didn't want to waste a trip, because there's a cheap place to refuel there in Richardor. Is BRC the only place you went? I think so. And where, was that at Marichidor? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, do you recall where you got fuel? Uh, almost right across the street from the main Marichidor road. Um, 
I can't remember the name of it. I can show you on Google Earth, but uh, it's the cheapest one around. It's great. So, um, okay. I just thought, well, I can shop and I can get cheap fuel. So, we you have a look. Were you with anyone else at the time? No. No. And so then, what happened after that? Came took my son to his long-term job. Okay. And where, was he at home? Yes. Yes. And he had to be at his long my job at two thirty. At twelve. At twelve. Yeah. Up at yep. Okay. So you dropped him off at twelve. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you picked him up. Get, did, what did you do after dropping him off? Uh, I don't think I got him lunch or anything. Did he stay there? Uh, I'm just trying to remember. Sorry, I would have remembered if I knew I had to, but I, I actually put trivial things out of my mind purposely, so that's why I've trained myself to do that. Uh, I don't think we went anywhere to eat anything. I don't think we bought anything. I just don't remember. I think that's it. Mm -hmm. So he finishes on my job at 2.30? Yeah. And then, then what happened? Uh, well, I went and got him, and uh, we, there wasn't any place to eat anyway. It was easy to get to in Ubundi, so we didn't go anywhere. Is that where he was doing all night? Yeah, yeah, my wife's friend. <coughs> so you left there, 2 30. Came home. Yeah. Then what happened? Um, went to the tip shop. I think that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I bought that coax cable. I got a big roll of coaxial cable for uh, you know for connecting transmitters up. It's like uh, almost 200 meters and I, I paid thirty dollars for it. <laughs> Pretty good. What time was that, you think? I'm, I'm really not sure. I really don't know. I'm sorry. I, okay. I don't know. Did, were you by yourself or with someone else? Yeah, I was by myself. Yeah. <coughs> you went to the tip shop at Noosa? Mm -hmm. The one, uh, is there another one? <laughs> oh, because I'd like to know if there is. Uh, yeah, the one that's uh, called Brightside Industries. And then what happened after that? I think I just came home. Mm -hmm unloaded my stuff in the back of the car, uh, heavy stuff, and I, I have trouble with uh, weights and joints and stuff, so I, if I can get away with it, I'll leave it there, you know. <laughs> if my wife complains, I'll move it. <laughs> when you got home, was there anyone else home? I'm sure, I'm sure there was. There was my grand, her grand, the kid's grandmother. Uh, uh, kids were there. Uh, yeah, they were there. Okay, you them that. I, I think that's it. I just went to work for the rest of the day digging and putting in the cactus. We, we cut down some trees which were looking pretty unruly and I replanted the nice looking bits to make a fence or a horse arena. I don't see any problem and I really thought everything was fine until whenever it was that you guys showed up and, and I'm like a stunned mullet. <laughs> were you awake before the place had gone this morning? No, I woke up and heard, saw lights coming through the blinds and heard noises and thought, what, what's going on? You know, is it like a disaster or what is it? You know, not, and I was still groggy in the head, so I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I'm standing there in my underwear and I didn't realize it, you know. It's like, I thought it was my wife or somebody, um, you know, that didn't matter if I was sitting right in my underwear. So uh, I'm thinking, man, I'm cold. <laughs> so what time did you go to bed last night? Oh, same as everybody, you know, about 9.30 or 10.30. I don't remember for sure. I'm sorry. I just remember there wasn't much to look at on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
with um, sort of bang on, you might not be able to answer this question, Robert. So the nitrogen gas bottle mm -hmm. that was picked up yesterday, mm -hmm. how heavy, how much is the volume of that? What, how, how heavy is it? Yeah. Uh, it's not very easy, but it's okay. I mean, if you don't have to go too far, it's okay. Uh, or you use a trolley. Uh, it's it's probably 20 kilos. Yeah. And, yeah. But I don't I don't like to lift things like that. Yeah. Uh, because I, uh, well, I just can't do very well. And how long would that bottle exercise? But I don't. How long that bottle typically last you? Just in general terms, for what you're doing. Cooling. It depends on how much I'm doing. You know, like last time. Uh, I only got like um, a week out of the one of them, and uh, that one I, I would expect to last a week. Yeah. yeah so you only about a week? Uh, yeah, and I did a lot of electronics that day, so I would say it's going to last a little less than a week. Yep. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. Anyway. If I was, and again, you might not answer this, and <coughs> might sound a dumb question, if I was just turn that the um, cylinder on, mm -hmm. the regulator, and just let it, how long do you think it would take to empty? Well, that would depend. Um, it depends how much you how crank long? it. You know, yeah. I just don't know the answer to that. Um, but if you cranked it right up, you'd make an awful roar. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if there was a leak or anything, um, you might not know. But uh, I make sure of that, so I can't afford it. Yeah. So. And did you use that bottle yesterday when you go home? Yep. Through it. Yep. 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 Would how much would you, is there a way to measure like if you normally get a week out of it, could we say you know you might have used a uh, tenth of it or so, or is there any way to gauge that? I would have had it blowing pretty hard for half an hour. I, I just don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's no way to gauge it, yeah. unfortunately, I'm sorry. I suppose you can weigh it. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I should be doing. Yeah. Okay. When you use that when you use that gas cylinder yesterday, did obviously that blue hose attached to it. Did you use the blue hose to, to attach anything to it? I use it to blow. Yeah. yeah. Did you use any other hoses? No. no. That's all I use. Okay. Yeah. So you have a hose from that cylinder to your little yeah, water upstairs. Yeah, I, I got that a blue hose that's about two meters long. Yeah. That's what I use. Yeah. So you bring whatever parts you need down to the cylinder, or you move the cylinder <sighs> to where you. I bring them up to where I'm working. Yesterday I did, and uh, and then I don't want to have complaints or anything, so I take it back down. It's the only place right now where I can store it, and also if I need to refill, it's that's easier. So, what time would you put that back in that carport area? I don't remember. Maybe 2.30 or 3.30, somewhere around there, after yeah. finishing upstairs. Yeah, probably, yeah. Is there generally a cylinder, like you said, you know, just bull refill it. So how long have you been doing this for? Like, is it, is that cylinder normally found in that position? Um, yes, I usually put it under some cloth so that uh, it doesn't get rained on, or unless I was using it. I forgot yesterday, apparently I left it wide open. I didn't know that. I think I was fed up with the day. But um, uh, after I use it, uh, yeah, it, it condenses like the guy was saying. Well, yeah, it does, but you know, it's not, if it's not a super dry day, it's going to stay there a while. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I, I can't help that. You know, it's, um, 
Well, usually I, I cover it up so no one dings it and put the rubber over it, so if anything hits it, it's cushioned. Yeah, because I don't own it. It's someone else's. Would your wife, I know you can't answer for her, but would she be aware that, yeah, generally there's a cylinder? She probably doesn't even know. Yeah. She doesn't even know what the stuff is that I've got. It, you know, they have no clue what I'm working on or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, i got all these weird antennas everywhere. If you walk around the property, you'll some, see some bizarre looking antennas there. Well, they're ready to go up to the next property when I set up the measurement laboratory there. And uh, I've got other stuff there that's probably worrying to people. You should probably have a look at it and tell me what you think. <laughs> um, but I can see how somebody might get paranoid because I got all this weird stuff, you know, it's, I mean, it does look kind of strange, and I admit that, but that's what I do for, you know, I want to do for a living, so uh, I don't have any option, I've got to have that stuff, like I've got microscopes and antennas and, you know, big transmitters and <laughs> all kinds of stuff, <laughs> but that's what I have to do, so, um, and I'm, I'm really um, urgently trying to collect and set up all that stuff, uh, so you're, you'll see it laying around hidden under the house or any place where I can find a spot that doesn't bother anybody because she's complained a lot about it. So, uh, I didn't like all my stuff. <laughs> That's fine. So I keep it out of the way. All right. Um, I don't have any other questions for you. Do you have any questions for me? Nice to do something to that. Yes, I would like to see what they're talking about and uh, see how reasonable it looks. Yeah. Because I can't see how it could be reasonable. And uh, I also would like to advise you on why I think it is or isn't reasonable. Um, if you could shoot that down, go ahead. recording. <laughs> <laughs>